0: It's four o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show. Taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303 690 3000 Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor at Calvary Chapel in Aurora. Really, I'm one of many pastors. I think there are 10 or 11 of us now serving here in Aurora. What a blessing it is to be in the pastoral ministry. Of course, not everyone is in pastoral ministry, but we're all in the ministry, and we can't ever forget that. No matter what our role is in this world, no matter what we find ourselves doing, what we're involved in, Uh, We are all in the ministry. The word minister simply means servant, and we sometimes use that word in a technical sense to describe a position, but really in in reality, minister is a servant, and we are all serving. We believe uh, in the Bible's teaching of the priesthood of all the saints and what that means is that everyone gets a chance to be a part of ministry. <clears throat> everyone gets to operate in their giftings. Everyone gets to present themselves to God uh, in this world, no matter what they do for a living, whether they work on computers or they deliver packages or are doctors or chiropractors. Uh, all of all of those all of those opportunities uh, are in uh, open doors for the Lord. To use you, so get involved and start serving. Starting your local church, maybe there's uh, you can serve at the local. Um, what's the at your local rescue mission uh, or food bank or a thousand different things in your community that you can do in the name of Jesus. It doesn't necessarily have to be a part of a church organization. Uh, you can do anything in Jesus. You uh, I was talking to one of the brothers. Uh, last night after service about visiting prisons. And Jesus specifically said that if you give a cup of cold water uh, to a prisoner, you've done it unto him. I mean, that's a pretty powerful thought, done it unto him. Uh, so you can represent the Lord in a variety of different ways. And I encourage you to do it. 303 That's the number to dial if you want to get on the air with us. 303 is the area code, Six nine zero three thousand. And if you want to text me, uh, we sometimes are able to get to the text questions. We have a separate number for that. Uh, It's 720-336-0897. Excuse me, 720-336-0897. That's for texting only. So welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. If you're listening in here in Colorado, Wyoming, Nebraska, you're listening live on Grace FM 89.7 up in the metro area. 1017. When you get south of Castle Rock into the Monument area, Colorado Springs, down even into some portions of Pueblo West, although unfortunately the 1017 signal isn't that strong and the tower's not that high, uh, but we're still praying. Maybe the Lord will do something and we'll get a stronger signal down there. Uh, and then you guys listening on the East Coast, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, We are no longer introducing the show to you. It's been on for quite a while. And if you're in Maryland or Pennsylvania, New Jersey, welcome. Uh, We are welcome. Uh, We are grateful that you are on the air. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. While we wait, we're going to read today's entry on Beside Still Waters a devotional by Charles Spurgeon who's gone home by now to be with the Lord many years ago he's enjoying the presence of Jesus like we all are anticipating and he wrote and com- somebody compiled Rory E H Clark compiled a a list of uh, or a daily collection of his devos and it, the title of the book is beside still waters words of comfort for the soul so we're going to go to today's entry, which is entitled "The Bands of Yoke," taken from 30, Ezekiel thirty-four 7, Excuse me, thirty-four twenty-seven. The orchards and the fields of my people will yield bumper crops, and everyone will live safety. When I have broken their chains of slavery, and rescued them from those who enslaved them, then they will know that I am the Lord. Here's the devil, and I quote, We look cheerful and happy, but we do not know the burden of the person sitting in the pew next to us. There is a merchant here who has been driven to wit's end. He scarcely knows what to do. Tonight, he said, I would just run into the house of God and hear what the Lord may have to say. Often a sweet promise has come to God's bewildered children as the master has sent a message through his servant. There's a housewife in the same condition, One child is sick and is another falling ill, ill. her husband's walking in a way that grieves her heart. Home affairs are not good, yet while she sits before the Lord, a word of comfort comes. Many of our brothers and sisters have a perpetual cross to carry. If we knew what they suffer in business, in body, or in their domestic circle, we would express words of comfort. We do not know, however, and so they are left without Christian sympathy. You have been forced to carry a heavy yoke. Suddenly the Lord breaks the bands of your yoke. He delivers you, and you know that he is the Lord. I can bear witness that trials are a great blessing. I would not have learned much except for trouble. When in painful difficulty and unable to see my way, I knew that the Lord was God, and he appeared and broke the bands of my yoke. With a song I have magnified his surprising grace and blessed his delivering love that is charles spurgeon today's entry with beside still waters 3036903000 waiting for that first phone call of the show give me a call 3036903000 3036903000 let's see what we have up on the text line while we're waiting uh, and we will grab, let's see what it says here. Um, uh, Hi, Pastor. I am a single training to be a pastor at Legacy Christian Fellowship in Thornton. I know that we're called to love God more than anyone else in our life, but how does one go about loving God more than their spouse or their family? And, uh, that's a great question. I was looking at that yesterday uh, when I was putting some studies together, or the day before on Tuesday, uh, when Jesus says, uh, in instructing us in Luke chapter 14, uh, he, he uses some really strong words. He says, now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, his whole life also. He cannot be my disciple. So it's Luke, 20, uh, Luke 14, verse 26. That's a strong word. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, and many times this verse has been misunderstood because the idea of hating has been interpreted as sinful hate. Uh, and sinful hate is Jesus isn't encouraging us to sin. So this isn't a sinful, selfish hatred. It is a statement of higher priority. In the original language, it's a statement of higher priority. And when you think of God encouraging you to love Him more than you love others, it means that He is of the highest priority. You'll never, and I'll never understand how to love one another unless we experience the love of God. Uh, And so it's of highest priority. How does that look? Um, you know, it's different uh, on, it's, it's going manifest, to manifest itself differently depending on the circumstance and on the personality, um, but oftentimes you will find that at a crisis of faith or a crisis of decision or what the world calls a moral dilemma, when you're faced with choosing obedience in Christ and compromise in some other direction, it's that very choice that's going to reveal to you what your priority of love is. Um, but unless I talk to you and really get the feedback of your thinking, it's hard to, to go into different as attributes of what that looks like. Um, but a high, if you think of love as highest priority, um, that true love is at its highest priority, um, that's going to help uh, to clarify that. 303 690 3, We're waiting. I think it's been the record of the first call of the day, and it was on a Thursday last time, I think, was 20 minutes. Uh, so we still have open lines, and and I have, believe me, I have uh, lots to talk about, uh, but I would love to hear from you. Uh, so give me a call, 303-690-3000. Uh, there's a text that says, Is it true that in Genesis the earth was inhabited by angels and something angered God and he remodeled the earth? Uh, that that is a theory uh, that is given to um, apply to the text in Genesis. Uh, that there was a recreation of the earth. Um, I believe it is referred to as the gap theory, and I don't subscribe to the gap theory. Some people do. I don't. Here's another text question. So maybe it'll all be texting today, which would be fine. Uh, please pray for me. By the way, the texting number seven two zero three three six zero eight nine. Seven. Uh, let me get to the next one. Please pray for me. I'm going through a deep time of discouragement and I'm not sure why. Well, Father, I pray for this person as they were able to text in a prayer request. And we, we use technology so much that we take for granted that no matter where this person is, somewhere here in Colorado, uh, that they could take out their phone and text a question and we could, we could answer it over the radio. It's pretty powerful. Uh, and so I pray for this person that you would encourage them uh, that the circumstances of their life, maybe it's a spiritual attack, maybe it is uh, is the circumstances of their life. Whatever it might be, God, I pray that you would relieve the burden, the promise that you have and that you've given to us is that We can cast our cares upon you because you care for us. Uh, We know that when we cry out to you, you're the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, and we just claim those promises in Jesus' name with our friend. Discouragement uh, is so difficult, and I don't know anybody listening that hasn't experienced it to some degree, but some are more prone to it. And it's a hard, hard road to, to walk when you're discouraged. So, Lord, let your sufficiency be brought to light in this, in this brother or sister's life that they might trust you with their life in a moment-by-moment moment abiding relationship. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand 3000 lines are filling up. That's a good thing. We're going to go to line number one, is Teddy. Teddy, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. I talked to you a couple of years ago about my husband who has cancer, kid- and, um, you know, God has answered prayer in a mighty way. He's gone from having, um, like, 39 lesions in his lungs to having, they're shrinking. Oh,
0: well, that's great news.
1: It is, and I praise God for that. But at the same time, he is insisting on continuing on in chemotherapy that is making him very sick. And um, I would just ask your listeners to pray for him and
2: well, finish his that. off what's the his?
1: cancer and, and also that his side effects would ease. Um, I would really
3: appreciate that.
0: Yeah, what's his name?
3: His name is Tom.
0: Father, we bring Tom before you. Uh, and thank you. We're, we're to be anxious for nothing, and all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So we come to you with thanksgiving for the improvement in his body and his health, with the the lesions and the tumors reducing and the even disappearing. God, and we pray that you would establish Tom and his health and his strength, and answer the prayers of his wife uh, and those that are joining in right now. And I, I think of others that are listening that are battling this monster of cancer, and it is a very difficult word to hear the doctor say it's a very difficult word to re- be reminded of the kind of treatments that are taking that are being given and and it just has a way to undermine our faith god even though we know that all of us are sick to one degree or another and we're all going to face you soon enough cancer is a very scary thing so i pray for tom lord and i pray for those listening in that have just gotten the diagnosis or have been battling it and even we want to also thank you god for people that have beat cancer uh, and that 's what we pray in tom 's life man let 's let let this be another testimony god of of a of a brother uh, beating this uh, horrific disease uh, and giving you the glory for the great things you have done and continue to do in jesus name amen amen
1: thank you so much
0: you 're welcome Teddy thanks for calling
1: and god bless
0: bye bye three oh three six nine zero three thousand whether you 're listening on grace f m in here in Nebraska, Wyoming, Colorado or you're listening on Hope FM, Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, give us a call 303 We're going to move to Commerce City, Colorado. Jesse is on the line. Jesse, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're I got welcome. a
2: crazy uh, report. Um, back in January, my dad was diagnosed with stage 4 um colon cancer. Mm and uh, i mean it hit us pretty hard you know we've seen my dad he was our our leader you know our person we looked up to was very strong and um we didn't think it was that serious but then when uh he kept it from us and they pretty much said he was is pretty much going to die if he didn't take any chemo or anything and uh they asked him if he wanted to do chemo or just let it be and he decided to take chemo and uh now, a couple of weeks ago, we got the report that his cancer has shrunk by
0: 80%. Wow.
2: And, yeah, the doctor was even amazed. He was saying that, you know, he thought maybe 50%, but 80%? No, he never thought that. So, Wow. We are very, very happy and thankful to the Lord for all the prayers that everybody has done, given for us, for my father, and uh, but like the other caller, my dad has not gotten sick off the radiation or chemo. He's actually doing okay. Well, that's good. Yeah.
0: Well, great. Let's yeah, pray for we're your dad. Happy. Let's pray for yeah, that please. last 20%. Please. Father, we I want to thank you, as we did in the previous caller, of the progress that was made in this cancer diagnosis, God, where the doctors saw one thing, and by the time uh, we return for another appointment, uh, they see a completely different thing, uh, because uh, I believe God, you're the God that heals. You're Jehovah Rapha. You in in your inherent in your nature uh, is compassionate love and mercy to heal. And so we pray for the last twenty percent. We pray that it would be removed or reduced, and and God, that the next phone call would just be one of great. Um, just great, tremendous uh, uh, victory, because uh, we know, God, that eventually we'll all go home to meet you, uh, but we want to be here as long as we can to glorify you, Lord, and we don't know the day. We're going to go home to see you, and so we, we pray uh, for you to extend our days or or just to, to encourage us and bring us, uh, bring, bring us and bring my brother uh, healing in this last 20% of the tumors, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. Thank you very much.
0: Hey, thanks for calling and sharing that. Let us know uh, what happens in the next appointment.
2: I will definitely do that. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Bye-bye. Moving on to Bianca is calling from Aurora, Colorado. Bianca, welcome to the program.
3: How are you doing?
0: Great, Bianca. What's up?
3: Well, I can really sympathize... First of all, with that person that texted in that was feeling discouraged, I'm kind of feeling really discouraged right now in this season in my life. I've actually been feeling this for a while now, but I don't know why I haven't been able to ask for prayer. Maybe I haven't been humble enough and admitted that I really need a prayer, but I've just been experiencing some closed doors in my life, and every time I want to do something, it seems that I can't really do those things because I don't know if The Lord that's slamming that door in my life, or if I'm even doing the Lord's will or not, but but I'm just in a period of great discouragement because of that closed door. It's actually just one closed door.
0: All right, well, let's pray, Bianca. You know, whether the door is closed. By the circumstances, or, or God himself is closing doors, he uses them. I can't help but remember Paul, the apostle, when he was so encouraged and so excited about going into the Asia area, Asia Minor, in the, the area of modern-day Turkey to plant churches, and and the Bible says straight up that the Holy Spirit forbid him. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense to us in many ways, because what do you mean? Why would the Holy Spirit forbid Paul from preaching the gospel? And he he didn't know at the time, but he found out soon enough that after God closed the door in Bithynia, uh, in that area there, he closed another door, and then he received that vision from the man in Tor- Toraz, uh, which led him to a bunch of women praying by the riverside in Philippi, and with that those praying women, uh, there was a church planted in Philippi, and that's not even where he wanted to go. Uh, you know, he went in the region of Toroaz because he had that vision, but he didn't even want to be there, at least that wasn't where he was headed, and God used that closed door. So, we can't forget, as painful as they are, uh, open doors are from the Lord, and closed doors are also from the Lord. So, let's pray and and just lay your burden and petition before before the Lord. And, and so, God, I pray for Bianca as she uh, is discouraged… You know, God, how hard it can be when we as humans are discouraged, when we are down, when we wish, God, that the situation the way it is was not that way, but we at the same time are powerless to change, to change the situation, to change uh, our ourselves, to change the other person, whatever it might be, God. And so I pray for Bianca with this closed door that's brought discouragement, that you would reveal to her more of yourself, more of your love and grace. She might draw near to you that you can draw near to her and give her clarity on what you want her to do in relationship to this closed door, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen,
3: thanks so much.
0: Okay, Bianca, bye-bye. Bye. bye bye Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number... Three zero three six nine zero three thousand wide open lines. Here's another text question. I was recently told that the Roman Catholic Church is the first church based on the fact that Jesus told Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. Can you explain? Uh, well, the first church predates the Roman Catholic Church by many years, a few hundred years. Before the Roman Catholic system of religion was ever invented, the early church started on the day of Pentecost. Really, I think you can make a strong case that the church began at the end of the Gospel of John when Jesus breathed on the Holy Spirit and they received the Holy Spirit. But on a technical level, uh, was those guys were waiting in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came upon them uh, and they were saved and the Spirit God came in them and then as believers, they were baptized. You've got the early church there. So the answer is uh, to that is no. Neither did Jesus tell Peter that he would be the foundation of the church, which is what Roman Catholic theology teaches, that in a, in a way to understand in today's language, forgive me Catholics for saying it in this way, but it makes it very easy to understand that Peter would be considered the first pope. Uh, but in in reality, I believe when Jesus is looking at Peter and he says, on this rock I'll build my church, the rock is not Peter. Actually, his, his name actually means little pebble. <laughs> he, he's, not a saw, he's not a strong walk to build, rock to build a church upon. Uh, he's a weak human being like you and I am. Uh, so what was, it, what was the rock that the church is going to be built on? But the confession, the truth, uh, the church is the gr- pillar and ground of truth, and the church is built on the truth that Jesus is the Son of God, and he came to forgive us of our sins. Also, can you explain what the rosary is all about? Well, I wasn't born a Roman Catholic, so I wasn't introduced to these things. Uh, but my understanding of the rosary is, is that it is a, an aid uh, in prayer. It's uh, like, like prayer beads. Um, and there is also a technical part of uh, the rosary uh, as you are praying the rosary uh, that it's a means of which you strengthen your faith, resisting evil, growing spiritually, and generally benefiting society. I'm reading uh, from gotquestions.org um, just to let you know my source. And while some of the prayer of the rosary is scriptural, uh, there's a whole second half of the Hail Mary, and portions of the Hail Holy Queen are blatantly unbiblical. While the first part of the Hail Mary is almost a direct quotation from Luke 128, there is no scriptural basis for, number one, praying to Mary. I agree. No scriptural basis for addressing her as holy. I agree. Or number three, n- uh, there's no basis for calling her our life and our hope. And so praying the rosary involves giving attributes to Mary that the Bible never gives her. And I don't believe it is a biblical uh, practice. Mary is, although she did give birth to Jesus Christ, she isn't in a place of veneration. And why the prayers to Mary and other saints? Because that's what Roman Catholic do- doctrine believes and teaches, but the Bible doesn't teach that. And you're right in your text question. You do not find Jesus praying or teaching us to pray to them. That's, that's absolutely correct. It is not a biblical practice. It is a church religion access, uh, a church man-made religion uh, instruction. And so there is your answer, three hundred three six nine zero three thousand. We are coming up on the, the break here, but I think I'm going to go ahead and go to line number one and talk to Bekelo. Bekelo is calling from Denver, Colorado. Welcome to the program.
4: Uh, thank you very much, uh, Pastor. Uh, my name is, as you have mentioned, uh, Is It means grown up. Uh, is an Ethiopian nice. word. Uh, but I like to grow up spiritually, not physically.
0: So yes.
4: uh, the first important thing I like uh, your word, what you have preached. You know, Coconia is a nice word. Uh, partner, I mean uh, fellowship, partnership, and uh, all these things. Fortunately, yes. I'm blessed because God has given me a good job, a delivery a job. I can I have a time to listen for the radio. Okay. Uh, so I can get lot of words and the preaching. So the first question what I would like to forward is why Christians are separated? I mean, why is they don't make unity? You know, I'm not talking about the created gods. There are numbers of gods, uh, the created gods which people worship for God, but I'm talking about the Almighty God, one God who created everything. So there is, if there is only one God, why Christians separate into different, yeah, why do they have different branches? Why they don't great... make unity? This is the first question What I have.
0: Okay, well, it's a pretty big question, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait. I'm going to put you back on hold, and then we're going to have a, a couple-minute break, and then when I come back... I'll begin to answer that, but while we're waiting, um, take a Bible if you can, and open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, because that's where I'm going to use to start the answer of why there is this uh, lack of unity among Christians, uh, lack of unity among Christians among different denominations. Um, I can't answer all the reasons why, but we'll look at a few uh, when we get back after the break. So we're going to put you back on hold, and then you'll be the first up as soon as we come back for the second half of Calvary Live. So if you guys are waiting and you're just tuning in, we got a great question on the unity of the church. Uh, We're gonna use 1 Corinthians chapter one as a beginning of an answer. And we want you to stick around just a a little bit to stretch the legs a little bit uh, and to um, just get something to get a glass of water. I'm gonna go grab a glass of water and then uh, we'll be back with the second half of Calvary Life. So glad you joined us today. What an honor and a privilege to serve you. This is Ed Taylor, Calvary Chapel in Aurora. Colorado will be right back Welcome back to Calvary Live Call us with your questions about life The Bible and living in Jesus right now At 303-690-3000 Welcome back everyone to the second half of today's edition of Calvary Live My name is Ed Taylor, I'm the pastor here at Calvary Chop on Aurora. This time we have full lines, so let's go right back to the phone lines. We had a question uh, before the break from Is there, How Can you pronounce that for me again?
4: Uh, Bekele, Bekele. B-E-K-E-L-E.
0: Bekele. Bekele.
4: Yeah, it's like nice. Bekele. Bekele, but it's Bekele.
0: Ah, okay, Bekele. Nice. Okay, so you asked about the unity, uh, why there is a lack of unity. And one of the first places that, that I think of of one of the reasons that's described of lack of unity is what was happening in the church in Corinth. <clears throat> and this is what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you perfectly be joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been declared to me, concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now, I say this, that each of you says, I'm of Paul, or I'm of Apollos, or I'm of Cephas, or I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God I baptized none of you except for Crispus and Gaius, lest anyone should say, lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. Now, Paul tells the church in Corinth. This is a local congregation in the city of Corinth that they have divisions among them uh, because they were choosing sides. Uh, they were fighting over who they followed. Uh, and as you watch church history, you have a, a body of believers uh, that uh, all that that you have a that the true church, capital C, is made up of all those that by faith in Jesus Christ have trusted the. Their savior in the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive them of all sins, uh, that believe in a in a collection of what would be considered t- foundational, essential truths like the virgin birth, like the the deity of Christ, the Trinity, uh, and the divisions tend to come up from not just the differences because there's a lot of secondary things like end times or. Um, whether we whether we believe in what spiritual gifts are for today, um, there's there's quite a few secondary things that instead of just making room to disagree, people go on the offensive, and not just say this is what we believe, but then say, um, you know, that this this group over here isn't doing this, and this group isn't here doing it, and and we're just a mess. We're a bunch of human beings uh, that whenever we're divided, we're not submitted to the Holy Spirit. That's my answer. Why do you think yeah. we're divided?
4: Yeah, uh, well, Paul has already stated, uh, but the, what's important is, do all believers or uh, church leaders accept that? You know, what I'm saying, God will not be happy or will not be pleased with a uh, separation of church, you know. God is happy when there is unity, so there must be unity, you know uh if there is unity then devil uh um, doesn't get a chance to get inside and uh, uh split the thing. so what what i'm asking uh is this right to among the christians when there is a separation when there is division when there is i'm not talking about the uh, like the you know de- denomination but the denomination is the other thing but the Uh, the doctrine, uh, what they follow, uh, they say that we believe uh, in God, and they say uh, we believe in the Son son of God, but there is still separation of Mark.
0: There is, and there will be until the coming of the Lord, when we'll be all in perfect unity in the Spirit, shedding our earthly bodies and taking on our new bodies. I remember what Paul, um, God anticipated... In our, in our weakness, he anticipated that there would be an attack on our unity when he tells us through Paul the Apostle in the letter to the Ephesians that we need to strive to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And the idea behind that word, that Greek word for strive, is to work very hard at it. And I think that that's another reason why we see more and more division in the body of Christ is because people just don't want to work hard at staying in unity, um, they work hard at other things like gossip and slander and you know all sorts of things that we don't need to be in involved in. But unity begins and and ends with every believer. Uh, and so as you find yourself developing relationships with other believers of, of, different, of different denominations or different uh, secondary beliefs, you know, you can start building that bridge personally. And if all, we as all, all of us as Christians begin to build relationships with other believers so that for the things that are important, we can yoke together and reach this, this city and this state and this country and world with the gospel, I think God will bless that.
4: Okay, thank you, Pastor. but uh, still, you know, uh, the Jehovah Witness say that we are on the right way, on the right path, and Mormons say that we are on the right path, and the others say we are on the right way, on the right path. So <laughs> these well, divisions, but, uh, when they separate each other, they say we are on the correct or in the right
2: way. But, well, let's, let's know, <laughs>
0: talk about that, because you're adding a dynamic You're adding a dynamic to the discussion that wasn't a part of the original question so that when you begin to mention Jehovah's Witnesses, um, they have a different belief of who Jesus Christ is than the Bible teaches. And then when you speak of the Mormons, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, they have a different view of Jesus than both the Bible and Jehovah's Witnesses. And so I would not categorize, and scholars do not categorize, neither Mormons or Jehovah Witnesses as true believers Uh, and that's a different category altogether we're not to have fellowship with darkness and for the Jehovah Witnesses thinking that Jesus was an angel and a created being and for the Mormons to teach that Jesus was the devil's brother that's just not in the Bible those are those are late western religions invented by two men uh, that have taken you know caught on fire but they they don't they don't believe in the Jesus of the Bible, so they don't. They don't. They're not a part of your original question. Okay,
4: thank you for your time, Pastor. God bless you. Thank so you, brother. We have to continue praying. <laughs> yes,
0: we do. Yes, yeah, God is. It. God thank is using you. us. Have
4: a good day. Bye. 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 303
0: 690 Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Let's go on to line number two. Is Tracy calling down from Colorado Springs, Colorado? Tracy, welcome to the program.
1: Pastor Ed Taylor, I listen to you almost every day.
0: Oh, wonderful. I am such
1: a fan. You have taught me so much. I love listening to you every day, so I'm so excited to oh. talk to you. I did what have a honor. question. Yes. Um, we attend a church, and um, we've kind of been under the radar for probably the last few years, just um, because we've been burned in the past, and so... Um, kind of baby steps, and anyways, we're super happy in the church, and we feel, um, really good about, um, making this our church home. We had our kids baptized. Um, my son is six, my daughter is 11, so she okay. just started the youth group, and she was super excited. She had a great time. She talked about all the things that are upcoming, this and that. And then, uh, we happened to see one. He, so there's someone in the youth group that is a helper. He's not, you know, uh, staff or paid or anything, but he helps out uh, volunteers, I guess. He's in his 30s. My husband and I, um, I don't know, I, I don't have anything against people with tattoos. I don't think that it's a uh, sacri- uh, uh what do you call it, a uh, salvation issue, whatnot, anything like that. But okay. basically, he's covered arms, arms completely covered, legs completely covered. He's still, you know, it's not part of his past, and he was born again. He's still, you know, okay. that's his thing, is he's still getting okay. tattoos, whatever. Right. So I'm not going to, you know, say he's a bad person. That's not what I'm saying. But both of us, it just was kind of like, okay, well, this is a little bit questionable so can we talk to the you know youth pastor and see what he says about it so my husband called and basically his responses were um i can tell you he well he said i understand your concerns and my husband was like you know what is this a positive example for the kids this is you know could this be a negative example blah 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 and so he said well you know i understand your concerns and, but I can tell you he's on fire for the Lord, and, you know, if someone wants to help out in the church, I'm not going to tell them no, and that was kind of the explanation he was given, so it didn't sit well with me, I think, because I wanted more of, you know, not so much this person, but it kind of reflects on the church and who they choose and how they determine you know, who is able to come in and work with children and be...
0: Well, let, of let's it, talk about that. Be, let's,
1: yeah, and be of influence. Let's talk a little bit. Yeah.
0: So, so do you, have you ever seen my arms?
1: You know, so our worship leader, his arms are covered. And I get but, that. But no,
0: let, but no, talk with me. Just let's talk out loud. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to okay. take you down a journey. And for everyone okay. listening in, because this is a common question. Uh, have okay. you ever seen my arms? Uh No. But when we started in the conversation, the Lord has used me in some capacity in your life.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. He's
0: he's used my mouth and technology. So if you did know that I had uh, sleeves of tattoos and I was dedicating your child uh, up on the stage, what would that do to you?
1: I don't know why. I don't know why it gives me a negative feeling. I it wouldn't look bad on you so much as a person. Like I wouldn't doubt your dedication to the Lord. My right. question is more like, you know, what message does that send? You know, and I know that people have gotten things in their past, you know, and things have happened in well, their born again.
0: Yeah, but let's let's make it simpler because I think you're wrestling with something that, that God is gonna really help you and your husband grow through. Um, okay. Because I don't have I don't have any tattoos. I don't like them. I only said I didn't that to think get you your did, mind. And you tricked
1: me because I um, have one I, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: God,
3: You know I, my I don't have, before.
0: but I've got a lot of people serving in the church. Yeah, um, yeah. There's all kinds of people. That's what they're into. So let me tell you what yeah. the message is. What that message is sending. It's not sending a message at all. That guy likes tattoos. That's it. That's the only message they're sending. That's it. There's nothing no, more, nothing not less. not the
1: children, though. I mean, for the adults, it's not an issue. But when it's impressionable children, and my daughter, you know, we already know what we think. Uh, we have our opinions. You know, whatever. It's just not for yeah, our, not our thing. And it's your kids but to raise. Huh?
0: But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're, the tattoos today. Let's first yeah. of all, let's just start with the Bible. The Bible does not yes. forbid tattoos. That's what I'd like the to only, hear. <laughs> the only forbidding, you know, in Leviticus it talks about marking your body for yes. the dead, and so there was right. a practice among the Canaanites that they I would know. mark and tattoo their bodies to right. worship the dead. So right. if anybody wants to get a tattoo to worship the dead, I'm going to call that a sin because that's what the Bible Absolutely. does. Yep. Otherwise, it's become, a, it's become the necklace and the earrings of the 21st century, uh, where whatever, it, I mean, obviously, I would say this, I would say that there could be objectionable things put uh-huh. on a body uh, that right. I would draw the line, because the Bible draws a line on that, just like clothing, right. you know, you look at, uh, I don't think right. that's clothing, I, I don't like that clothing. Well, if it's immodest, the exactly. Bible speaks to that. But right. if I don't like the clothing, I'm not going to. I'm not going to write the person off. And so I raise my right. kids. I, I've already raised them into adulthood. Uh, and the kind of ministry we are, we're open to anyone. Uh, and right. we've had we have dozens and dozens of people that are into this, and even ladies that are into little butterflies. Yeah. And and yeah. Uh, for us, we got the Calvary dove. And 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 so to me, and this is a mistake I made. So maybe you you can pray with your husband because this is a mistake I made early on as as a dad and I'm not I'm not I'm only talking about myself so you can dismiss right. all of this but I'm telling you I was hyper legalistic. No, I, I
1: value your uh, your opinion.
0: So here's the kind of dad I was when I was a new believer. I was hyper legalistic with my son Eddie. I think I am
1: hyper legal yeah. But I'm not a new believer. I, I'm just kinda legalist right and well that, and
0: it doesn't matter yeah. what's where we're at you know it doesn't matter what stage we're at I don't want to talk you out of your conviction, but here's the deal yeah here's the thing in the early days, I was so afraid um, mm-hmm. of my son turning out like me and yeah all the junk I got into and and I just yeah. wanted him to have a better life than me and then I met jesus and and I would read a book and it would say, "How can you watch these cartoons they got witches in them and, and so I'd uh-huh. l- read something and I'd go, Eddie, no more, we can't and I remember because he was, before we got saved, like he was really into the Ninja Turtles and yeah. so we invested hundreds of dollars in this kid and he had all the Ninja Turtles and and I remember coming home and saying, okay, Eddie uh, and he's probably four or five years old and I said uh, it's time uh, we've we've we, we can't play with Ninja Turtles anymore. Why not, Dad? Because there there's a witch and there's a warlock and and they use mat. I mean, because I was reading this book and and I made Eddie. I, I gave him something else in exchange, but I I made him uh, and he wasn't crying or anything. Like he was, he totally would follow me wherever I went. Um, yeah. And that's one thing I did not pick up as a parent. Yeah, that boy would follow me. He would. He did whatever I asked him to do. Yeah, and. Mm-hmm. And in that hyper legalism that I had in the beginning, I'm like, no more ninja turtles. And we all we he, we laid him on in his bed. We preached the gospel to them, and then threw him in the trash. Well, and, oh, and
1: for me, I I wouldn't make such a big deal of it. I would just kind of direct them towards something else because in my heart, I feel like if this isn't something that's going to glorify God then let's not, you know, waste our time on it kind of a thing. And I, I kinda go by that with movies and T V that's on in the house.
0: And that's okay, and but let's come back. Because you know. I'm not I'm not done yet. So I'm only halfway okay. done. And I let me take did. it to the end. <laughs> that's okay. So so um if if when my son Josh was born, I matured a little bit and uh-huh. I learned this. And here's here's the point. <clears throat> this is the point that I'm making. As a dad, my kids will follow me wherever I go. And as I love them and as I talk to them And as I pour into their lives and I build that respect in their lives, um, Uh they're going to see a lot of things. They're going to hear a lot of things. They're going to experience a lot of things in the church, on the baseball team, and Uh all of those things. Instead of, if I was to do it all over again, I would have used those toys that my son was playing with as an opportunity to disciple him.
3: And yes. explain
0: to him how yeah. things are make believe and and how yeah. I've grown over the years, so when it comes to this guy where your own pastor that you trust says that he's he loves the Lord and that that he's loving the kids and he's investing his out hour, the hours of his life in the kids, that should be enough for me and yeah. i'm going to say that yeah, if my kids have questions daddy daddy what's that big ring in their nose? Well, here's here's what it is. This they they for some reason think that that decoration on their face is something that they want, and God bless them. It's their nose, um, but for us, you know, I just don't see the the, the beauty in that. And and for us, yeah. you know, for my kids, it, it's always been right. this way. If they want tattoos, they can get them when they move out. Um, and but in our home, we don't want them, and, right. and they they've agreed to that. You know, that's kind of the exchange. There's just a few things that we lay down, but. All, along the way, um, there's I, I have so many wonderful, loving, caring men and women that serve alongside of me that, yeah, absolutely. that have tattoos and, and ear th- the things in the ears, and, and I love them, and I don't see that on them, uh, unless they get a new one, and then I ask them, hey, what's that all about? He says, well, this was going on in our marriage, and we wanted to memorialize it, and it's a it's a discussion piece, because that's how they use it in the world. Yeah. and. So as you're praying with your husband, it's okay to have that conviction, but understand that in order to in order to find a fellowship family that is going to be acceptable with not allowing anyone with tattoos to serve the kids, right? And I, I'm just going to be straight up with you. You're going to have to no, find you're right. A, a hyper legalistic church that we fill yeah. with people that believe the same way, and I just don't hear that in your voice. I don't. I don't I, hear that in your I heart. I
1: struggle with it a lot. I struggle. <clears throat> with um, legalism and, you know, I've lost friends over it. I've prayed about it for years and um, you know, I have really in-depth conversations with my daughter because we have that kind of relationship and um, so, I don't know. I don't even know why it gives me a negative vibe, but um, when you said that about trusting, you know, your pastor's uh, word as far as him telling me that he's on fire for the Lord, I still, you know, obviously I respect my pastors. I listen to them because they preach the Word. I'm not listening to their opinions of the Word. Um, And so I kind of still, you know, yes, this is what you're telling me, but that doesn't mean that this person um, is as good as you may think he might be, type of thing. So, like, maybe I'm looking into it just more because of the image. Do you know what well, sense? This.
0: It does make sense and, and this is part of the maturity process. It's okay to have those feelings, but to prejudge somebody without getting to know, I know them. I know and to let that be the I think that what if you just if you just if you if you just switched your thinking just a little bit and say, okay, what I see on this brother has provoked me to ask questions, and now yeah. the next one is is now these what I see on this brother has provoked me to get to know him, mm-hmm. and verify for myself sitting on the class, um, yeah. find out what his background is, um, ask yeah. him about one of the most more prominent, ask him why uh, do you have right. tattoos all done, uh, and and get to know the brother. And I, I I don't know him, so I'm not vouching for him, but I bet I bet it won't be it, it won't be what you think. I think you'll enjoy him and love him and and, yeah. and if you don't want to trust your kids to him, don't because that's, you've got that intuition no. as a mom and that responsibility, but God's inviting you into his life and he, he may be the guy that, that opens up your heart so that now you're, it's not just guys in the church with tattoos, but now when you're at King Supers and there's somebody there and you just kind of see all the tattoos, but then you get over the tattoos and you see his face and you go, man, this guy's sad. And, uh-huh. and because God used this brother in your church to bring down your defenses just a little bit and the Holy Spirit uh-huh. prompts you and says, pray for the guy that's got the loaf of bread in front of you, you're already, God's been working on you. And, and now you can look past some of the things that are more obvious uh, and that you don't have to like them. That's okay. Uh, you don't have to like them as much as you don't have to like somebody what they're wearing on the shoes. But yeah. the person, the person… You know, who mm-hmm. knows what the reason is. Who knows? Maybe their whole leg is, is done because they're covering up an ugly one or one that was yeah. really bad and they had to get it redone. I mean, it's 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 a truly great open door for you to grow in God's grace. And I'm gonna recommend two books to you, okay? Okay. One I'm gonna recommend and then if if you allow me, the other one I'll send to you as a gift.
1: Wow, thank you.
0: If, and they'll put you on hold and take your information, and I'll have my assistant put it in the mail. So the, the book I want you to pick up is called Grace Based Parenting. Oh, nice. Okay. It really has nothing to do with tattoos, but it has everything to do with discipling your kids uh, okay. by by the model of grace and not fear and control or like the big no. thing today, helicopter yeah. parents, all that stuff. It'll be right. it'll be pouring into your you and your husband's life on the topic of grace the I think the author is Kimmel.
1: Okay. Um
0: and then the second book I'm going to put in the mail for you is called Why Grace Changes Everything by Pastor Chuck Smith. Okay. And Pastor Chuck is the man that God used to start Calvary Chapel many years ago. Yes. And yeah. he came from a very legalistic background. Uh yeah. so much so that it bothered him to even pick up a cigarette butt and put it in the trash. Uh and his testimony and teaching will, will just be more additions into I'd your like heart. Hear I'd his nothing-
1: testimony, because I've just heard so many good things, and I know he's the one that started the Calvary Chapel. Um, I've just learned so much within Calvary and the different Calvary chapels. Um, yeah, I, I really do struggle with being judgmental and being legalistic, and I, again, I've been praying for years, and I don't know... What it is, if it's it obviously is the enemy, um, you know, trying to hit me at my weakness. But when it comes to my kids too, I kind of tend to jump on things a little bit too quick. But I totally
0: agree well, with you. Let me ask you, you another question real quick, and I'll pray for you. Um, when you when you see a person, like let's use that same scenario. You got your kids. You're at Safeway. There's a tatted guy up in front of you. How do you handle that?
1: Not well. I probably would say, well, I can tell you, because you said your kids watch you, and my kids would look at me, and to be perfectly honest, they would say, oh, Mom, look at that so gross, and I would be like, I know. And that's not, right. that's not that's godly, funny. that's not loving, that's not gracious, that's not everything that Jesus is, and I know that, but that's what I struggle with.
0: Well, it's okay. It's, it's coming to the surface. I mean, it's not okay to have that because God definitely <laughs> yeah. wants to remove that. But it's coming to the surface. You're open. You're asking the right questions. I mean, you're you're talking with a few thousand people listening, and probably more than that. And you're really open and honest. And there's some there's a power in confessing the wrestlings of our life. There's there's a power in our preconceived prejudgmental attitudes. You know, when I I use the word prejudgmental because. Uh, that's what it is, but commonly yeah. what we refer to that is prejudice yeah and definitely. God has wiped that out he doesn't see yeah. tattoos and he doesn't see earrings and mm-hmm. nose rings he he's able to see beyond that and in Christ and the power of the spirit he's able. He, he's a he's enabling us to see beyond it and and here's the thing it's okay not to personally like tattoos personally like I would never get one
2: right mm-hmm.
1: at
0: the same time love people that do like them and say, yeah. God bless you. Do whatever you want, and you know. And and um, you know. Again, I would probably counsel somebody to be careful because you could put, um, you know, a provocative picture or something. I mean, I would take a stand for that, but um, I just want to encourage people in the Lord, and I don't want. I I don't want. Is yeah. I'm still human myself. I I, I want to be less yeah. prejudicial and not more.
1: And I struggle with so, that too because I'm the most critical on myself, and so I know. What I'm doing is wrong, and
0: then I have the guilt, and it's just a cycle, so yeah It is, thing. and yeah, that's a good you're, you're making some really so, so I'm going to give you some of these books, okay and I mean, I'm going to send you, you so the book much. by Pastor Chuck, and I want you to read it, and I can help. I have a few resources. I can help you, just you and your husband planting these seeds of grace, and mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't have to be a, a total overnight change, but while your kids are young, they really yeah. need to see love. And acceptance. Yeah. They really need to see the world as it is. It's crazy, upside yeah. down, and dark, filled with yeah. lost people, just like I was. Uh, that's yeah. how I walked in. You know, I walked into uh, Calvary Chapel in 1991. Uh, I, w- if you would have saw me, you probably wouldn't have seen anything outward because I came straight from work. But I was messed up, and and if somebody would have prejudged me. And, you know, you're a you're a wife abuser and you're an addict. And, yeah, but I hold a job, man. I'm not as bad as Hitler kind of attitude. God would have never, and if I would have been all tatted out and they would have said, you know, I'm sorry, man, tattoos don't, they're not allowed here. No. Right. That ain't yeah. going to fly, man. We got the Gospels for everybody. That's true. So, God, I pray for my sister and thank you for the conversation. I think it was relevant to a lot of people listening. We all have prejudice, Lord. There isn't one of us that is clean when it comes to judging people outwardly as a matter of fact your word says that man looks at the outside and God looks at the heart and that's exactly true man looks at the outside so forgive us for our prejudice Lord and deliver us and I pray for my sister God you have her on the path I'm so excited for her she has no idea how close she is to a breakthrough in in her thinking, and so I lift Tracy up to you, I lift her husband and her kiddos, and one day I just know she's going to call with a testimony of a grace-filled, beautiful work of your spirit in her heart and mind, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So they're going to put you on hold, get your contact information, and then my assistant will pop that book in the mail to you tomorrow.
1: Thank you so much, Pastor Ed.
0: God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, that was a great conversation. I think such a relevant uh, discussion, whether it's tattoos or the color of our skin or the immigrants. You know, politically, a whole new class of people now is being looked down upon immigrants. Uh, and I don't mean to start a political conversation, but man, the mission field is coming to our doorstep. And Lord, help us to reach the lost and to be used by you and forgive us for our prejudice. Thanks for allowing me to be a small part of your life today. Pray for me. Pray for my family. A lot going on that we could just use your encouragement. Just when you're remembering pastors, uh, please remember Ed and Marie. Uh, Remember my son, Josh, and Katie, my grandson, Levi, and everything that surrounds him. Uh, Remember us, would you? Just remember that the Lord hear our prayers together. Love you guys. So great and blessed all around the world, all around the country. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys very much. Have a great night.